all in your mind. All in your mind. All in your mind. All in your mind. Welcome to All in Your Mind. I'm Dwayne Beeman, and today we will air part two of our interview with Michael J. Sullivan, author of the Legends of the First Empire series, and his wife, Robin. If you haven't checked out part one of our interview with the Sullivans, make sure you check that out first. Now, on with the interview. I just had a light bulb go off that I, to me, the really interesting, I'm always interested in people's uh, psychology and, and their epiphany moments, because going from a, an author who was so beaten down that you decided you just weren't going to do it anymore, and even though it had been something you had loved since the age of 13, to go from that perspective to my way or the highway is an interesting leap. Well, it, where, it's interesting. Where, where did, because did, most, most authors, um, they get picked up by a publishing house. I mean, if you go traditional. And, yeah, and, yeah. and when I started, there really wasn't much else except for like, you know, the chicken soup, which a guy was selling out of the back of his car, and actually made a success out of it because there was no Kindle yet. So most authors usually get picked up by a publisher, and as a result of that, it is a knee-jerk reaction to believe that the publisher made their career. Mm -hmm. Since I did not do that, since I made my own success through self-publishing, mm -hmm. and Robin and I got together and we made this this product and this brand, you know, make you know, worth an enormous amount of money, yeah. we were very successful. So I didn't need that that validation from a publisher. Mm -hmm. So I knew the publisher was there to make things easier for me. They were there to make me a little bit more well-known. But I didn't need them to say, you know, you're good or you're, you're, you deserve this. It was nothing like that. And they could go away and I'll still self-publish. I mean, I don't need them. So you're right. I had been turned down by them for decades. Yeah, decades. Then, they told me I couldn't publish. I did. I did really well. And then they come to me and say, we now want you to jump through hoops. What do you think the reaction is going to be as yeah. the psychology yeah. is going yeah. to be? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. There, there, there's an equivalent in, in the acting biz of, you know, of uh, when you're starting out, you want, you got to get an agent. you got to get an agent. Yeah. And, and, and then it turns into a point where you still you have to do the initial legwork and develop a reputation and get enough contacts before an agent will even represent yeah. you or yeah. see you. And by the time you get an agent, you don't need them for the purpose of procuring work right. as much as for the other things. Right. Uh, you know, which is that's interesting. Yeah, I actually have a, several agents, but their main job is the business end. They're to handle you know taxes, particularly for like foreign event, foreign sales. That just a nightmare, but yeah. But this this is my chief agent right here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to mention because we're talking before we move. I want to get back to the story eventually, but I do want to mention. Oh, right, I write books. <laughs> there is, but but one of the things on your on your on your blog is that was the cartoons, the plot holes cartoons, oh, and yeah. and I saw uh, one of the ones that t that typified or uh, epitomized what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. And it was also, to me, like the perfect example of a web cartoon because it used the nature of, of how you view these things. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's the, it's the one where you have this, this 
medieval looking uh, structure that fills the top of the screen and there's clouds and there's like a satellite uh, in birds, the, the top of the birds and you see letters on this building and as you pan down words start to to form. You and, see little windows and you, and you go further windows, down. And you keep panning. You keep scrolling down and down and down and I think there's like three complete screen turns mm. before you get to the bottom of the page where you see these two medieval looking characters looking like they're going to try and storm this thing <laughs> and one of the other characters says uh, I don't even see any windows. Or, and and, and the, along it, what those words, what those letters were, were traditional, traditional publishing. publishing. Uh, yeah. I blew this set off. Yeah. 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 This set. That's why I don't tell jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a visual medium that, anyway. By the but, way, but that, I thought I was setting it up so beautifully. Yeah. But, I but that, that plot holes is actually drawn by our by, daughter. By your daughter, right? Yeah. And now is it, okay, how many, how many kids you guys got? We have three. You have three. But so. only one has a any type of artistic bent. Are they, yeah, uh, are they all out of the house now, or are you still... Technically, <laughs> yes, because we <laughs> left yeah. the house. We abandoned them. <laughs> my, my son is finishing up his last uh, his his last half year in engineering college. Okay. And so he pays for his own college, but he has a roof over his head. Oh, okay. And because I give my son a roof over his head, my two daughters also get a roof over their head right. in the respects that... Uh, all three of them live in the house that the five of us used to live in, but then I built a new house somewhere and me and Mike left. So It was supposed to be a vacation <laughs> house that so we just haven't left vacation. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That sounds pretty awesome. They also haven't told their children where it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> our, our kids think we're dead. <laughs> Which, well, should we talk a little? I mean, uh, the danger of spoilers is always is always a factor. But I imagine you guys are pretty. good We're at pretty nimble at, yeah, and yeah. and quite frankly, you can give away some things because of the fact that you know that's what gets people to read the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. if you read a back of a book, they often give away certain things. Sure, because, sure. You know, well, yeah, going beyond the little the synopsis blurb, what do you want? What do you want to talk about with Age of Myth? Um, just sort of the 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 quest aspect of it. I mean, that's what we're into right now, where they have gone to... Oh, you're into uh, Swords. Yeah, to, Swords to, is, is yeah. definitely a, a, a questy book. Yeah, it's a very questy book. And uh, <laughs> it's it, it quest and there's also a huge loss for one character that, there is. that um, I think is going to be amazing if we can pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think we have the right people to do it. I think the, the actress who plays Suri is, is Oh, terrific. she's wonderful. And Persephone and the people who are surrounding her at that time yes. uh, will, will work well, I think, the way we've got it. Well, I think one of the great things, and, and particularly for what you guys are doing, uh, Michael's other books, his Raira books, pretty much center around kind of like two main characters and there's also two other characters and two are male and two are female but in legends it's much more of an ensemble cast right mm -hmm. so you have uh, one of the things i love about legends is there is just we call them the island of misfit toys you know because <laughs> you have all these characters and they're not like you know you go and see like you know liam neeson and taken you know and he's got particular skills and a lot of fantasy is that, right? It's it's kind of these people who you know they can defeat any foe, and they're great sword fighters, and they can kill dragons, and they're really kind of like invincible. But all the characters in Legends of the First Empire are really um, 
for the most part, they're ordinary people. They have their own little shining lights. I mean, you know, Roan, as we mentioned, is a genius and so forth. But they're not, they, they actually solve things more with their brains than they do their brawn. It's, it's a much more of a, um, collaborative, effort. a collaborative effort. In particular, in Age of Swords, you know, when Persephone puts a team together to do this quest, she has this these pile of misfits. And in fact, when it looks like they're going to die, she thinks to herself, well, luckily, no one important is dying in this quest, right? We're all just kind of these mis misfit people. But the reality is they're not, because if it wasn't for each one, that quest would fail unless every single one of those person didn't contribute what they needed to contribute at the time they contributed. Usually so that's when a I, really neat She actually coined this phrase about my earlier series, which was as unlikely heroes. And what usually that means, an unlikely hero is, is modern day, usually like, like Clint Eastwood from one of those faded westerns where he's kind of like a mean character or a bad character, but he's doing something good for a change. That's right. like an unlikely hero. Where in this case, they really are unlikely heroes because they're unlikely to be able to do anything right. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't yeah. think they'd be competent. And I remember like the Lord of the Rings, you always have like Frodo and Sam going in the morning like, these guys are gonna get creamed. Yeah. I mean, how could these two little yeah. hobbits survive? And you're really kind of scared because this is, there's no way this is gonna come out good. Right, right. <laughs> Same thing with this. I wanted to give a group of characters who you're like, there's, they're not going to be able to survive what you're putting them through. And then when they do, you get this much more emotional impact. Yeah, and the other thing I really like... Or, or some of them do, or maybe none. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe none. Who <laughs> <laughs> will survive? The other thing I really like in Swords is the fact that um, the, the team, as you put it, that Persephone puts together, except for the, the three little men, as they're frequently called, um, are all women. They are. And they leave all the big guys behind going, I'm going to be the leader. No, I'm going to do it. And they're just gone. Yeah. And, and all these women sail away and accomplish you know, what they need to accomplish. And I, I just like that aspect of it. Because you, you get... Yeah. You, I mean, we go back to the scene every once in a while of the guys still arguing over who's going to be the leader. And it's well, it's, <laughs> th that whole thing came from The Wizard of Oz because it's mm. it's a great female-centric story because all the main characters are women, good and bad. You know, right. The evil That's witch, true. the good That's witch, true. and the main character. And in that, I noticed that she approached her problem differently. She actually got together a group of people and they worked together as a team, which is what I wanted to show this, is that the men are trying to figure out who's going to get the glory and who's going to be the one in charge and everyone right. else will have to serve that person. Whereas in this, they don't, they don't care about that. They're just working together as a team. And I just thought that was an interesting way of showing how women have sometimes solved problems differently than men sometimes do. And, and that was kind of like the point. Of and that. part of that comes about from our, our own uh, marriage because Typically, uh, Michael stayed home, he raised the children, and I went out and I made the money. And I was a woman in a very male-dominated world. Mm -hmm. And when I would come home and I'd tell Mike about, you know, I'm having this problem with this person, or I'm having this problem with this person, you know, what he noticed is I'm always trying to make collaborations, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm always trying to, you know, get consensus and, and get people to buy in. And he's like, well, men don't do that. Men just say, get out of the way. This is the way we're going to do it. You know, that's how I do it. Follow yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, I noticed that. Fo follow me. You know, and 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 that was a dynamic that over a long period of time, he says, you know, I don't think other than Wizard of Oz, it's really been explored much in writing, and particularly in fantasy writing, which tends to be very male dominated. Yeah, yeah. You True. know. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, but it's like now you understand why she is the face of Raira <laughs> and yeah. all my writing because she plays nice with other people. Yeah. I don't. This is why she keeps me locked in a cabin somewhere in a valley. <laughs> hey, Terrence, talk about some of uh, the actors we're using on this uh, project. Um, Sure. Well, I mentioned Suri. That's Amanda Forstrom, who, who's doing, doing a great a terrific job. job. Yeah, <laughs> not an easy character to do, by the no. way. I mean, because she's very, there. She's very interesting, and she doesn't. Yeah. Excellent job. I like how you're just like trying to not give spoilers. She's yeah. interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she's quirky. She has. Like, she, she's cool. Well, many of the characters are quirky. Um, yeah. But but uh, she's got an interesting background. She's she's very in touch with nature and and she can sort of predict the future a little bit. Uh, although there are flaws in that. Um, and it's it's. A fascinating character because she's only fourteen or fifteen. The character right. is Amanda is, of course, a little bit older than that, but um, she's doing a fine job. The Persephone character, played by Colleen Delaney, is doing a magnificent job, and I I also like the Wraith character, which is uh, Eric Messner, mm, who, yeah. who just come finds himself in in this and is not sure where he's going with it and what he's got to do he you know he's got to represent his clan and he kind of likes persephone and she's not having any of that so you know he's kind of a fish out of water a little bit in this in this particular well group what was really interesting about this point in time and and this isn't a spoiler because it's part of what you were reading is uh you know the human people really think that that Frey are gods. They think that they're immortal, they haven't been killed and so forth. And Wraith comes from a, a warring clan. You know, he's he's the person who, uh, you know, their clan are usually the ones that are having to fight and, and go out. And, and now we're gonna go, we're gonna go to the other, the other, go back to our misfit toys because Remember in, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there's this oh, one elf. Be, before you get to that, oh. I was just thinking, what is the demographic of people listening to the show? Because we've been throwing out some like old things. <laughs> Do you know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cartoon? Uh, from it's still on. Okay. It's still it's pretty, on. Pretty, I just pretty don't pretty know. Yeah. People are going, this yeah. fit what? <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. Right. Go ahead. Yes. But there, there's this one elf who wants to be a dentist, right? Herbie the elf. He says, what do you want to do, Herbie? Yeah. I want to be a dentist. And Wraith does not want to be a warrior. Yeah. He just doesn't. But he's been very highly trained to be a good warrior. <laughs> and he is a good person and willing to uh, do what has to be done for the good of the people he's with. So uh, he keeps taking thrust into that role of having to be the defender, even though he would like nothing more than to do what you do, which is run away to the country and live a quiet little life uh, in a little cabin somewhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, was that autobiographical? <laughs> I can see why Eric would be good for that role. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's great. Uh, he's doing a fine job. Um, let's see, who else uh, should I mention before? You know, well, we, we were Malcolm. talking Malcolm. Malcolm. Will Ferrell as Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> I see Todd he's Schofield as Malcolm and doing a fine job there. So, um, so, and I have to be really careful with Malcolm because he is a very interesting character and, and where he goes later on will be quite interesting. But his voice is just great for Malcolm. I mean, when, yeah. I, when I heard his voice, I'm like, wow. Because yeah. he's got kind of that... Almost like it's a very distinct voice he's putting into it. Oh, it's very distinct, but not only that, like when you first meet Malcolm, you almost think of him as kind of like, uh, 
like Jeff Goldblum, kind of this kind of nerdy. awkward, yeah. nerdy, yeah. Uh -huh. you know, like kind of like not, you know, you wouldn't really think of him as being like, I mean, Wraith takes him on because like he can't survive. There, there's a scene where he says, where Malcolm goes, I don't know which animals to pet and which ones to run away, to run away <laughs> from. And, and Wraith is like, you, you don't, don't pet any, any of the animals. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't for Wraith, you know, Malcolm would die in a couple of days. So he kind of has to take Malcolm under his wing because Malcolm couldn't feed himself if left to his own, uh, <laughs> left to his own devices. Yeah, and then the character of Tesh comes in. Oh, Tesh. Uh, which is which is very good. Jake, which uh, Jacob Ye is playing. Too. Doesn't mean as much to you as it does to most other people reading my stuff. <laughs> he's <laughs> because he's, he's what, literally when everyone reads era. this book and they see that name, they just go, "Oh my God!" Yeah. And they know they dropped the book. And people have written this to me like, "That's a huge moment in the book," because, because. of the previous series. Oh. Because of Ryera. There is there is a word that this is very similar to, and they know that it's a, there is a connection there. So. Mm. They're, they're, they're Interesting. In the Raiera <laughs> book, there are these famed knights, you know, uh, that have, like Liam Neeson, do have very particular fighting skills. <laughs> and they are called Tesh lore knights. Okay. And so when Tesh shows up on the scene, and Tesh is very uh, adamant about learning to be really good because he really does not like Frey, and he really would like to kill as many Frey as possible. Mm. So you, um, you, you kind of see. So you see the seeds of the legend, and people go, "Oh my God, that's where that was." So yes, that's that's the nature of Tesh, this yeah. this very angry youth. And he's and he has a very small role, like where we are now. But yeah. obviously, it's going to grow significantly grow. as the series goes yeah. on. The other aspect of of this that I don't think we mentioned at all is the sort of the political the, the court, uh, as it were. Um, with Fane Lothian and his uh, son yes. Malindule and and uh, all the the politicians. You just say those words. Come yeah, off your tongue that, so that was great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it took a little while like, to to wrap my tongue around that one, but uh, yeah, that one's tough. Yeah, but I I like going into into that area to see how how things uh, progress in the government of this whole world. Well, the one thing that this series had to do that Raiera didn't is it had to develop two different cultures. And you have to really understand the two different cultures. In a lot of ways, and what I find really interesting about this series, is it shows uh, conflict and warfare between you know, the highly overmatched versus the real underdog, right? Because the Frey have magic, um, they are long-lived, they're quicker, they're, um, they have every advantage in the world. The runes, you know, they have better weapons, uh, and the runes are fighting with spears, and, you know, they should not be able to survive against uh, a much more powerful, much more capable force. They're, they're fighting against creatures that are uh, people that they formerly thought were gods. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and the reason they, they thought they were gods because they never saw one die. Yeah, I right. mean, they literally lived for 3,000 years. Right, okay. So yeah, and that's one of the things that Malcolm really on says is that, you know. Interesting. Because it, <laughs> they do something and he's like, you know, they. They're not gonna die. He's like, oh yeah, they died. They're just. <laughs> he goes like, well, to you, you know, I mean, to a fruit fly, you're you're an immortal god. Because <laughs> that doesn't mean, you know. That's a great concept. Yeah. 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 So it, it is interesting to see, and what I, what was really good about this is is it's not a complete annihilation. You know, it's not a matter of the fray just wipe the humans off the face of the earth. But how do you construct 
the situation so that they can like have a really good there's a fighting battle. chance <laughs> yeah and that that primarily manifests itself in the next book in age of war when the the two forces actually start clashing real conflict um but it's really interesting to see how that plays out did having done where you sort of know where uh, you, these are legends for uh the, the stories that you first wrote so having written those stories did that give you a structure to, to work from in creating Legends of the First Empire? I consider it more like uh, tent poles or like pillars. There's certain there's the certain load-bearing walls I couldn't move. Okay. All right, but I'm re kind of revamping the house, but there are certain things that cannot move because they support the structure of what's underneath. So I can't change certain things. Interesting. Other things... I can say that I well, it's fun to change. Well, I can say <laughs> I can say that basically these things were, were lies. wrong. They were wrong. lies. Yeah. They were falsehoods, and there's reasons to understand that because there's certain characters who purposely wanted to change history, and I haven't even got to that yet. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, a lot of that may come in a whole different series <laughs> wow. to, to more specify that. But there, there are certain things that are they're specifically being hidden. And there are other things that were just, you know, like telephone, right? Where you, you that thing where you tell one person and tells another person and you right, get it all wrong. Right, right. So that kind of thing is also coming into play. So there's a, a number of those situations. The, the really, really cool thing is for people who read both series, and it doesn't matter which order they read them in per se, but there are Easter eggs, you know, between each because you go, oh, wait a minute, I was told that guy was like this. And he's right. like that? <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that. And I try to keep my continuity good enough so that it's not going to be, oh, he, he didn't know what he was doing, he forgot. I'm like, no. <laughs> I rarely forget. So, I mean, if if I say something, it's probably this in there for a reason. I think I've only found like like three or four true mistakes that I made in the entire like, two Th million Things words. that didn't line up right. yeah. exactly the way you yeah. wanted. And, there's a famous and those are hard for people to find. Th there's a famous thing in uh, when Mike was writing the Rye Chronicles, these two thieves, you know, are supposed to go up to this tower, steal something, and the very next night they scale the tower again and put it back. Hmm. Well, when Michael was actually writing the book where that happened, it just wasn't. It wouldn't. The story would not. The sto story wouldn't be as good as if because it happened all, in two different nights. To show people climbing a tower, then to show them climbing the exact same tower again, it's like it's boring. It's boring. Yeah. So I had to come up with something different. Mm. So what really happened is one of them went off and climbed the tower without the other one, and then later on they were told you got to put it back and several days transpired in but the really cool thing is the way you can spin it is you know that when this team became like this really great Liam Neeson you know thieves with particular skills the myth grew into the fact that they had done it in two consecutive nights and they oh. start remembering it they oh yeah start <laughs> they start remembering it that way oh that yeah that actually happened to me in real life I actually had friends where I told a story I really wrote a story about what we did when we were in our high school years and they read my book and they remembered my book more real than what we actually happened and they would say do you remember back in high school I'm like no, man, we were like 25. Memory <laughs> <laughs> like, is a malleable so it's, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you tend to conflate things. Oh, just to get to the to the pronunciation, because you did so well. It's funny because when I first started writing this, as I wasn't going to publish it, I didn't really focus on how they would say the words. I did them just because how they looked. Because yeah. oftentimes when I read a book, I don't really sound them out. I look at it, I register it visually, and I know what it is. So I didn't go to that effort. So then when they went to do the first recordings of this, someone called up and said, how do you pronounce this? I mean, yeah. you folks did this too. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. How would you pronounce it? <laughs> and they said, well, I would call that. I'm like, this that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly how I was going to do that it. That is amazingly common. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 but 
once I had my first recording done, then after that, I now know how to right, pronounce right, all my words. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, speaking of uh, pronouncing things, the, the character of Gifford is very interesting, uh, who is sort yes. of restricted in his... Uh, in his that must be fun for whoever is... Bradley Smith is doing yeah. a fine job with Gifford, <laughs> and um, he's he's doing his best to avoid the R sound. Yes, Gifford uh, can't pronounce. Gifford R's. has what they call roticism, which is a difficulty in pronouncing. Is that really R's. a uh, that's yes. really a thing? And unfortunately, it's spelled with an R, which is really unfair <laughs> to those people. That's really rubbing it. Oh. <laughs> he, al he also has multiple multiple sclerosis, so he has two yes. well-known wow. documented things. So. Yes. Wow, I didn't even know that there was a thing called that. There is a word. Yeah. Interesting. Um, there's a, there's a, a PBS series um, whose title is, eludes me right now. It's like Secrets of Kings of England or something, and it's hosted by a Dr. Lucy Worsley, who has this problem. Wow. So really? all of her narration is very much like this. And it's, it's you know, it's a, a real thing, and it's an impediment, but some people don't let it get in their way. She obviously didn't. Right. Um, Boy. But that's one of the challenges and that Gifford has. And the person he's in love with, this is not a huge spoiler. No. This is not huge. Gifford's in love with Rome. With Rome, absolutely. <laughs> so it's Wown. It's Wown, yes. She's yeah. in love with Wown. <laughs> Whenever she invents something, she cannot put an R in it. She, yeah. Yeah, she made that mistake <laughs> once. She made she that mistake once. And she never did it again. And she never Wong. did it again. But, uh, and and the, only, the other character I want to mention, uh, because we've got to find actors playing it, is uh, Arian. Mm. Uh, oh, is right. Jessica Lauren Ball. Um, she, I love performing that. Yeah, she's great. She's, she's one of our great new finds. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's been working for with us for less than a year, I think. And, yes. And, and you picked this all the best actors for this book. You, you guys go. did good. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> did, did the best I could on that one. <laughs> um, but Arian has her challenges because she's been injured. Yes. And so is she, is she is able to manipulate magic or manipulate nature, which is certainly perceived as magic. Um, by the other characters, but she's got conked on the head and mm. is taking a very long time for this to to write itself. Yes. Um, if at all it does. We'll <laughs> yes, leave that. right. Uh, <laughs> leave that for the uh, listeners to discover. But yeah, it's it's uh, so that has you know she has those challenges as well, and she's also trying to not exactly fit in, but adapt herself to these people that she is among, because they are not, she is one of the, one of the fray, the, the people who were perceived as gods. Mm. And she has come to the rune clans to, first of all, try and just retrieve a rebel who is living among them. Mm. And then she gets injured, and she, so she's stuck there with them for a while to recover, first of all, and then she finds uh, ways to help them, and she's intrigued by the fact that Suri, who is also one of the, the runes, seems to be able to do the kind of magic that she's always done, and oh. she wants to develop that and prove that these seemingly simple people can also do, you know, have the capacity, some of them, to, to learn this magic. So she, that she's also very much of a, she's trying to be a peacekeeper. Yes. Well, she's trying to prove the idea that the people, if they can do the same things that the Frey can, then maybe they're not, as the Frey see the humans, to be animals. Yeah. I mean, if you if you can show that chimpanzees can do calculus, it's a little harder to keep in cages. So that's the same concept. Yeah, yeah exactly. So she's and, and, and she originally she thought of them as primitive animals too, and it's it's only once she 
she starts living among them that she realizes that all the things that they've been taught about the runes which are basically and, and in a lot of respects you know you know some people will say well you know the, the fray are evil you know because you know they, they don't think anything about killing runes it's like no that's like saying you're evil if you step on an anthill right <laughs> i mean you don't think about the anthill you don't think about the ants as you yeah. know as something that you have to walk around and make sure that their lives continue mm -hmm. and that's the way arian was because everyone in, in the fray area was taught that you know rune are just yeah one of, one of the observations i have was kind of interesting was that you have like an anthill and if an ant bites you what do you do do you hunt down that one ant and try them <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you decimate the entire anthill yeah and that's kind of the difference, and that's what kind of is the impetus of, of Age of Myth, and that's how the whole thing comes about, is that, yeah, they don't think of us as, like, people, so they're not going to look for the perpetrator. They're just going to get rid of all of us. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the other characters who is a fray, is seemingly immortal, but who's been living in the rune world for a very long time, in fact, all his life, is Nifrin. Uh, mm. Thomas Keegan plays him. Um, oh. He's a soldier who was... Um, one of many who were sent to sort of guard the borders and and keep the peace keep an eye on things and they've been there for like Thousands three thousand years, years yeah. i think uh, so he's not known what's back home at all because his troop was kept here to guard the borders right yeah they're forbidden and from going home they're right. basically st they're stuck out in the frontier, in the frontier. In the frontier. Yeah. and yeah. so his his influence um, certainly vocally has been more like the runes. I have them speaking in different you know, patterns as you do. Um, there's there's a different sound mm. when you talk yeah. you know the, the they're they're tough. They're like the, they're like the people on the frontier. Yeah, you know, they're exactly. they're hardened. They're yeah. not like you know, you have people in in uh, Boston who have their houses and their literature and whatever, but the people out, you know, in Kansas, you know, are fighting Indians and insects and bears and everything else you know bears we didn't mention the bear <laughs> the bear <laughs> that's the last one we still talking yeah. about age no, of well, well, we were always off on age of swords here yeah yeah what are we selling here is this all age of myth or age of swords we're both. selling all everything. of the above, we're all selling all of the above. The what we have for sale now is age of uh age of myth, myth. We're in, uh, myth is out now it's out now right. you could buy it right now as as of this recording yes right. yes uh and, but and also Swords Part One, our Perfect. first half. Yeah. And, and Age of Myth is just bears gone wild, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Something like we some subtitle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all this sounds really fun, but really, it's just a, a bear problem. <laughs> it, it sounds like an amazingly textured world. It does, and, doesn't and it? Can I hear them yeah. talking about yeah. it? Like, what? Is, this sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. Who wrote this? I don't know, but it's, well, it's so. We, it's we probably death. should be getting lunch soon because I could hear stomachs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the bear. Before we do, I always like to ask authors. It's got to be a weird feeling to hear these characters performed for the first time. You know, I always, it, 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 with, I mean, you've heard the traditional audiobook single narration, but to suddenly hear you talk about the voices that you hear, and, and I can't imagine that it's usually exactly what you had in mind or imagine, just because it's, log it's almost impossible, but it, when it does hit home, I imagine that's also pretty spectacular. What, it, what has it been you, like? For you, you know, for me, and anyone who knows me knows how hard I am to please and how persnicky <laughs> I am. But yeah. for Boy, me, do I know. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was much better. I like, like, 
hit it out of the ballpark. I mean, wow. seriously, just hit it out of the ballpark. I mean, like, exceeded every expectation I could possibly have. But it's you just know. weird because when, when you write a book and then you hear people who have read it talk about it, like you have right, been talking right, right. about this as if sometimes they talk about like the real people and like, wow, this is <laughs> surreal. And then you have, like, the single narration. It's almost like, wow, you're right. There are certain things that are hidden. Like, oh, I never would have read it that way. Yeah. Because the single narration is doing exactly what I wrote. And like, going, I never would have thought of it. And then when you folks are doing it, you get this impression that, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on that it's the closest thing you can get to a movie. Exactly. And that portion of it is like, maybe this is as close as I'll ever get to a movie. Uh, so I that's, like that's not going to be true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that would be, but that, that's what it's like. It, it, you get to almost see it as a movie, which is great. And you know what their tagline is, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A movie in your mind. A movie in the your fact mind. That, that he wasn't aware of that while he was discussing his... Yeah. Yeah. I was aware of it. It's all the recommendations. <laughs> but you're right, though. When, when you get it wrong, it's glaring. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, God, no, that's not what I meant at all. And then other times you get it really I'm like, wow, I didn't, that's actually really much better than I had envisioned. Yeah. Uh, right. So, so it balances out. Yeah. And, and Overall, in yeah. general, I will say that there are certain characters that we feel very, very strongly about. And if those characters are wrong, we have huge problems. For me, it's always Suri, Arian, Gifford, and uh, Malcolm. Did I say Malcolm? No. And and those are just, I mean, I couldn't ask for it. And, and with me, I mean, it just happens not with you, not with single narration, but also with her. When she's reading my stuff and she wants to change it, there are certain passages that are sacrosanct. We do right. not touch those. And she's like, let's tell me, no, not that one. <laughs> Don't touch that line or that paragraph. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'll be very specific. But no, I mean, you're right. It does balance out. There are good, there's bad for the most part. I mean, you guys are doing great. So, I mean, I was very pleased with it. Yeah. Uh, I love I love the music, the narration. I mean, the, the kind of the, the eerie, almost misty sound you get because this is back in, like, uh, like you, you would imagine like the Iron or the Bronze Age in Old England or right. something. You know, like they had the, the monolith rocks and moss and smoke coming up and shamans. And you got that sound really yeah. well done. And you yeah. got some of the Scottish accents you're throwing into this to give that kind of same flair. Yeah. So all of that is adding a really nice quality. And the music you got in the background, it all sets a perfectly good mood. And, yeah, and I was good, very, really very good. pleased with that. Really good so kudos music. to Casey. On Absolutely. That. Yeah. Uh, relay that. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, Excellent. So just cut all that out job. so that those people. <laughs> 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 and of course, kudos to Terrence. Absolutely. For, yeah. Did you do anything? <laughs> Very little. I read a few words. <laughs> so I have a question. Yeah, well, wait, wait. Do you, do you Terrence, read? you do the adaptation, yeah. right? You're yeah. the ones who's adapted. I directed and I narrate and do so, some of the right. character voices. So I'm going to assume well. you read the whole thing in advance of performing. Uh, not all six books in the No, no, no. Of the book. No, no, no. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you don't do it like raw and just like see no, no. where it goes. He, or he no. adapts no. it. Okay. He actually has to <laughs> right. yeah, go no. through I didn't it. Know, until you mentioned I didn't know that he did that. Yes. Yeah, no, That's Terrence who does that. As well. Wow. Uh, well, I, I got a, I oh, got yeah, a yeah, question Dwayne, for you guys. Dwayne, Dwayne, um, what was your favorite author when you was growing up? Oh. What was my favorite author when I was growing up? Well, I mean, Tolkien's one who got me to write. I mentioned that one. Mm -hmm. I also happened to like very much. I went from Tolkien to Stephen King. Mm -hmm. how, how did you get there? Oh, I don't know. Someone mentioned him. If someone said, I think <laughs> uh, how this did is you, a book how, called The Stand that I want you, you get, to read. <laughs> and I was Stephen dating King. the girl at the time, so of course, you know. Right. Yeah, 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 you know how that is. It was a really good book, so I married her. <laughs> 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 then I went from there to, to, to Isaac Asimov, and then uh, okay, and 
You mentioned Watership Down, too. As Watership oh, Down. Yeah. Great book. Well, I read Lord of the Rings, and uh, you, a teacher was asking me. She you said, introduced me to Watership yeah, no, Down. Yeah, because one of my teachers was in English class, and she said, oh, if you like that, try this. I'm like, rabbits? Rabbits? Are yeah. you kidding me? And yeah. it turned out really good. Great book. So, yeah, that's one of the my top five or so. Cool. I didn't realize till just the moment that okay. you introduced me to Watership Down, and I introduced you to yeah, Stephen, Stephen King. King. There you go. Oh. Yeah. It didn't even cross my mind till just then. Uh, I was not a big fantasy reader. Uh, mm. Like as a kid, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was, <laughs> I was very, um, I was a nerd. I was, I was, I was. A, she a, she graduated with a lot of of her high school, so oh, she was shush. really like well, and became intellectually an engineer. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, so <laughs> yeah, I was dumb compared to her. <laughs> she always intimidated me, but yeah, she did the. Uh, she probably read way more than I did. Well, I, what I was saying is when I was young. Uh, I didn't read a lot of novels because I, I was doing homework. Sure. And when I was, I went to work at a very young age. I was like, I was like 14 when I got my first job. Mm. So I was like working and going to school and kind of semi-raising my uh, my younger sister and so forth. So, mm. but but when I was, my passion was Stephen King. I, I thought Stephen King just Stephen King and Saturday Night Live. Those are yeah. the two <laughs> I thought Stephen King just made some of the best characters. You know, they're still you just get they're right in my in. they're in my brain yeah. even to this day. You know, and yeah. uh, I just think he he did a fabulous job creating characters and and uh, that's well, that's what I he's got read a, a lot of. <laughs> Have you done any of his stuff? No. no he's you want little, me to give him a call? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have his number? No. He <laughs> 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 <It> couldn't hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty awesome. We're, 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 we're working our way up to If speak. you had some people, you could have them call his people. If I had people, right. I'd have them. You don't have, you have to develop some people, Michael. <laughs> Well, thank you guys. This has been fun. Yeah, I hope you've had. Uh, I certainly have uh, found it informative. And, yeah. Oh, uh, it was great. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, you, make a, you make us sound better than it, we are. I hope, oh, I hope we kept it on topic enough. Oh, I, well, that we, I, I think so, yeah. All in your mind is, is a fine tradition of meandering all over the place. Okay. Yeah, that, was, that was when we originally conceived the podcast. We didn't want to lock it into just marketing stuff you yeah know, to, to be uh, we wanted to be entertaining and if we and especially when we get uh, you know we do focus in when we're on, on the book as much as we can with authors but a lot of the time we just go off on tangents and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, our listenership seems to appreciate the fact that they get to know a little bit more about the you know, authors, the, uh, the authors and, the and the actors process. and the personalities exactly. And, exactly exactly and I mean I know just doing uh, the research on you guys I, I really got fascinated by your story obviously because we went through it <laughs> uh, for the first half of uh, today's podcast but um, yeah, I've heard people read that and they go, I was so inspired. I'm like, why are you inspired? <laughs> oh, it's because... I did everything wrong. No. It should be like a cautionary <laughs> tale yet. what not to do. <laughs> well, but, 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 you, but yours is a tale of persistence, right? Sure. You, 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 I mean, yeah, but if I hadn't been published, it would have been really awful. And but like, you were. You wasted his whole life. But you, my were. Well, but you, you know, were. Well, you know, a story, is, it depends on whether, what, what is it, how, how, where you end the story dictates the nature of the... <laughs> there you go. There you go. If you had ended it in, in the 90s, not so much, I mean, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I wanted to focus in on what was the transition, what was the, right. the a pivotal moment for it, because that's, I think, where where people, you know, especially creative types, can latch on to. Right. You need those stories of, of people who had well, everything going We never even told them. you the pivotal moment. The pivotal moment was Please. I was super depressed oh, because I had finished the series yeah. and no one had read it. Yeah. And it, if you've read Ryer, which you haven't, it's a really good book. When I got done, I was like, this is really good. And no one was going to read it. So I got, for three months, no one had, I just was really depressed. And she noticed I was depressed. She goes, what's wrong? And I said, not uh, even Robin? No. No, because I, I, had read the f I had read the first three books, and I thought they were really good. And I'm like, you really should get these published. And he was doing some very feeble attempts at publishing at the time. And, uh, and she got very busy at work, so she didn't have time to read it. And I just finished the series, and it was really, really good. And I told her about it. It was really good, but she didn't have time to read it. No one else had time to read it. My agent wasn't calling me back anymore. Mm. I was like, well, now, this did you is go so through, great. When you finished it, you obviously felt really charged about it. Oh, well, yeah. It was, I, was, it, yeah I was a little, it was I was like great. fist pumping. I cranked great. up the music. I was partying, <laughs> man. This was, I'm like, this is, did I would love start, to read this. Did you start to question your own judgment at, at any point? No, no, I knew no, it was great. He, she didn't he even knew. That was what made it depressing because I knew I had created he this great had thing. That was and, really good. and no one was ever going to see it. It's like, it's like you know, Einstein discovered the theory of relativity and he's mute or something. He can't tell anyone. It's like really depressing. Yeah. So then she read it. Yeah. It's just, all right, honey, I'll, I'll read, read it. <laughs> <laughs> you read the first book, just, yeah, second one? No, I had already read the first three. Yep. It was last, it was last but you, I think you started all over again. Yeah. Because it had been like three or four years. Well. And then she got to the third one. She was like, okay. And she was, fourth one, you go, oh, that was really good. Give me the fifth one. I'm like, what'd you think about it? So we sit down, and we talk, and she gave me her reaction. Well, I give her the next one. Well, what people have to understand is I'm a workaholic, yeah. mm -hmm. and so I was working 80-hour weeks, and I never took vacation, and and he gave me book five at the start of a holiday weekend. It was like a Memorial Day weekend or something. Yes. I can't recall what it was. And I had stayed up all night long reading book five, mm -hmm. and I got done at like four in the morning, and I searched the whole house for book six, and I wow. couldn't find it. And Mike came down the stairs, you know, and he wanted to know like what I thought. And yeah, all I'm I, like, well, we finished it. What is your feedback? I just, on where this? is the sixth book? He, <laughs> he said, well, let's talk about book five first. I said, no. Where is the sixth book? <laughs> and uh, I actually called into work. I said, look, I'm not sick, and I know we just had a long weekend. I said, I'm not sick, but I have tons of vacation time, and I'm not coming in because I had to stay home and I read that sixth book. Read that sixth yeah. book. I have to ask you. Was so that was a pivotal moment when I knew I had got something right. That's, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what you want. You want a rabid. And then she said, we have to get this published. Yeah. I, at that point, I was like, well, now, one way or another. Part of the delay to reading it, besides being busy, was there a certain part of you that was afraid that you wouldn't like it? Oh, no. No. I mean, I had read the other stuff, so I knew I would like it. Okay, but I did. So. But But... I actually, <laughs> when I got done with this, and and not to put like any mysticism into this, but when, it, when I got done with the book, I says to Michael, I says, you didn't write this. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I, I says, you know, like. And of course, like, the first thing I thought was, what, you think I hired someone? No, but I was like, I was like, this, there is so much in here. Like, I just, I can't imagine how you could do what you just did. I mean, I knew he was a talented writer, but I mean, it, uh, it, it. The right year of revelations is quite revolutionary, um, and it, you know I was I was just completely floored. And, and at that at, when I got done reading that, I that I made it my mission. You know, one way or another, I'm going to get this out in the world, and that's why 
you know, that's why we did the self-publishing and why I got the agent and right. the way I... So that, that's your pivotal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why uh, the, this partnership is is, uh, is so strong. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. It, that it's really... But she doesn't like everything I write. I wrote it a short oh, no. story and she nixed it. She's oh, like, yeah. Well, so, I mean, she is... Well, she, that's she's going to be critical. That means that yeah. that, that uh, gives you the uh, perspective that that it's a valid criticism. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are that, there are things that will will not see the light I've, of day. I wrote I wrote a novel twice. I think it was the first book I wrote after the revelations, and every she didn't like it, mm -mm. and some other people didn't like. So that's never been published. That's yeah. just yeah. And I wrote that book, and I wrote it again. I, I spent two years working on it, and it's never so going to come out because it's not good enough. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Actually, the, after the second time through, and I I went over it, he knows how to fix it, but he's just not interested anymore because it's. I mean, the effort it would take to fix that book, I could do a new book and make it better. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And and it's like trying to fix up a really bad book. old Gremlin or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd rather just buy a Corvette. <laughs> 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 All right. So uh, thanks again, guys. And well, thanks for having us. Do a quick wrap up here. Uh, thank you for listening to All in Your Mind, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah. Uh, and until next time, we say uh, peace. Peace. Goodbye. All in your mind.